Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Well, welcome back, everyone. Hour number two here at Regis College in Weston, Massachusetts. A great studio audience here, Regis College. It's been around for a long time. It's a great school. It's now co-ed after uh, many years as being primarily a women's college. It is a co-ed school now, and with us is the president of Regis Regis College, uh, President Antoinette Tony Hayes. How long has this school been co-ed? Regis College uh, became co-ed in 2007. Well, you got a good run now. You got 15 years at least, we right? We do. We I do. I was a math major. That's how I figured that one out that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things that you're doing now, which is very innovative, um, is what's called workforce development. I've tried to learn from you tonight and also uh, from Mike Guilfoyle of your staff for the last a couple of weeks. I had never heard the phrase workforce development. We're going to talk with you about it. We're going to talk also with Jeff Roach uh, in just a moment uh, because I think he's very much involved in it. Tell us what workforce development is and why it's so important in Massachusetts. Well, first of all, this really evolves out of a need. And one of the things about the Regis mission and the history is always looking out into the community and into society to see What are the needs and figuring out ways to help? One of the things that we've learned is over 40 million people are out in our society that have never earned their first degree. They may have credits towards their degree, but that many people have not had the opportunity to complete their education. About 3 million are actually enrolled. I see this as a failure of the higher education institutions, a failure of the higher ed system. We've made it way too difficult. In the meantime, there are many, many, many jobs that are unfilled, both in, in our case, focused on education, healthcare, and technology. And as a result, there is a need to put together programs, particularly certificate programs, to help people to have upward mobility in, their, in a profession, uh, in a new profession, or in the profession that they're already in. So workforce development both, in, both involves certificate programs for upskilling people in various areas of our workforce, but also it is a way in which people will earn additional mm-hmm. academic credentials to have upward mobility in their professions. Uh, joining us also is Jeff Roach. Um, Jeffrey Roach, who's a senior vice president of National Healthcare Practice and Workforce Partnership uh, with Core Education. And now you're in a partnership with a bunch of colleges around the country, but with Regis College here in Weston. So what are you able to do? What is your company able to do to help uh, President Hayes and Regis College fulfill what they see as a mission? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, let me just say, first of all, you know, let's give kudos to the president because the president as a nurse recognizes that not only is this a need, but she's also doing this in support of her healthcare systems. And so, you know, I think Regis College is the type of college that recognizes this need first and foremost, because they're working with these folks every day. They know that their hospitals, their healthcare systems, their nursing homes, their skilled nursing facilities have significant needs. And so, you know, at core, we're just honored to be a partner with, with President Hayes and her team here at Regis to really roll out what are initially non-credit workforce development programs. But Dan, what's important about this is that they're scalable. Um, and so these are the type of programs that you literally can reach people far and wide throughout all of Massachusetts. Uh, and they literally can do it from their, from their home um, they're all online uh, asynchronous type programs that have been uh, validated and certified at the most highest levels of national boards, which is really important because some of these programs actually lead to certifications. So they're not just certificates, but they're certificates that lead to certifications when an individual qualifies, completes, and actually sits for the certification, that's what actually allows them to get into some of these jobs as a certified medical assistant, certified pharmacy tech, for example. Really critical positions that allow the person to start their journey into healthcare, which then obviously they could become a Regis College student in the future as a nurse. The other element I want to highlight is that, you know, this market is a very diverse market. And so when you consider the Boston market, one of the things that's really exciting about what Regis College is doing here is that you're offering this community an opportunity to, 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 to excuse me, diversify the workforce. These types of programs are the type that allow someone to come in through an equity type initiative, which is really what these programs are, are designed for, and diversify a workforce that has to be diversified. So President Hayes, give me an example of someone who might be listening to us tonight here in Massachusetts or somewhere else who you would like to focus on. Give me a, a tangible example of someone who, a hypothetical person out there who might benefit from this workforce development program that you're going to be putting online, I guess, later this, later this year, maybe even next month. Well, there are, there are two, two opportunities. One is through the certificate programs, which may or may not be credit-bearing. However, would bring, uh, they would earn badges and um, be, be eligible to sit for certification exams. But give me an example, if you will, exams. of someone out there tonight who's, who, who, who you can visualize could take advantage of this program. Someone who may be looking for a new career someone who may be working in an area that they've decided that this isn't for them, they want to do something that will make more of a difference in other people's lives. So they may want to enter the healthcare world. They would be able to enter healthcare through the certificates in uh, medical technician or medical assistant, uh, phlebotomy. Uh, could, they could enter the medical field through nurses' aid programs where they might be able to provide actual direct care to people, whether they're in their homes or in a hospital. They, they also might be able to begin to look at ways in which they could earn a credential and, and academic credits towards a nursing degree or a degree in uh, nuclear medicine, as a matter of fact. And, and a lot of this can be done remotely? All of these, all these programs could be done remotely, uh, and, uh, and we also have opportunities for people to attend classes in person. And then how can people who might be listening tonight, we're going to talk about it more, but how can people get in contact if they have an interest in Regis College for these programs? Regis has established a new division 
for professional studies that will be the home for all of these certificate programs and degree completion programs. So all that and someone who's interested in is to call the Regis phone number, which is 781-768-7000, and, and, and reach out to our Division of Professional Studies and Graduate Affairs. And they can find that phone number very easily just by Googling Regis College, Western Massachusetts. Thanks for having us again. We're going to continue the conversation on the other side of the break. You always are very kind to us, and you have provided great audience. And we're going to have one more cheer from this audience for your president, Tony Hayes. We will be back right after this break on Nightside. Thanks, Dan. You're on Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All right, welcome back, everyone. Here we are at Regis College in Western Massachusetts. slow on the uptake there, but that's okay. It's getting late. It's getting late. My name's Dan Ray, the host of Nightside. We are remote. We're doing our Talk the Vote event here at Regis College, and we did speak in the first hour with two points of different points of view on the so-called millionaire's tax, which is on the ballot question one in Massachusetts. You can listen to that if you missed that uh, on nightsideondemand.com. All of our hours are put up in podcast form on nightsideondemand.com. They get put up by noontime the next day. So if you miss any program, any hour, podcast form reduces 60 minutes to about 42 minutes. No newscast, no commercials. We are talking about a program here at Regis College, Workplace Development, which has certainly um, a, a concern and a benefit to not only people here at Regis, but also people in the workforce. Joining us now, as I mentioned last um, segment, we have Jeff, Jeffrey Roach, Senior Vice President of National Healthcare Practice and Workforce Partnerships at Core Education Services, working in partnership with Regis. And now joining us is Mari Sale uh, Gorris. She's the Assistant Superintendent of Lawrence Public so Schools. Mary Sale, Sale, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Dan, for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to get to back to Jeff, but but what what why is this program potentially so important to your students? Uh, you were telling me last year that during the pandemic, your average attendance at Lawrence Public Lawrence High School, which is a good high school, a good public high school, was fifty percent on average. Overall, across the district, we've catapulted back from that. But yes, given the COVID pandemic and the requirements for if you are close contact, and even if you, you, you tested um, negative, those requirements have an impact on our students' attendance. And so across the Commonwealth, if students weren't present, it was really difficult for us to ensure that they were receiving instruction. And one of the things you already have, I think you told me you have 17 of your faculty members who are already enrolled in this program with a few more on the way. Give me some specific examples of, you know, not by name, mm -hmm. but by position, uh, which folks will be able to, and again, I've learned a new word tonight, upskill. Uh, we, we, take a, we take a noun and turn it into a verb, upskill. Well, yes, I can give you examples of, um, we currently have 17 
Lawrence Public Schools paraprofessionals who are teaching assistants in Lawrence Public Schools. And those individuals specialize in supporting students who need more guided support in the classroom. And um, they are currently enrolled here in our paraprofessional to teacher pipeline program, which is a partnership between Lawrence Public Schools and Regis College. And um, they get some funding and support from the district, um, from a designated grant from, from the state, as well as their financial aid and um, a reasonable tuition um, discount through Regis College in a partnership, as well as their tuition reimbursement. All of that makes it very affordable for paraprofessionals to take these courses while they're working full time. And so right now we have two individuals who actually had many more credits towards their bachelor's and they're able to complete their master's and graduate by this spring. I assume that's going to mean for these students or these, these uh, teaching para, paraprofessionals, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to increase their status. Uh, and, I, and I know that Lawrence has a teacher's union. Yes. Has the teacher's union been brought in on all of this because they're... Uh, their, their members are going to get some pay raises as a result of this. Yes, so um, the paraprofessionals are in a different union than the teachers' union. Oh, okay, fair but enough. But given, as everyone has heard, there was a teacher shortage, and many of our paraprofessionals who had their bachelor's degree, plus years of experience in the school system, were able to apply for an emergency license through the state and become our classroom educators. Mm -hmm. So Lawrence isn't feeling the brunt of a teacher shortage as much as most communities because we had such a dynamic paraprofessional workforce, and so many of them were already close to finishing their bachelor's degrees. Jeff, if I could bring Jeff in here for a second. Is this a problem that, in search of a solution, not only here in Massachusetts, but also, it's not a problem in search of a solution. It's a problem that needs a solution in other parts of the country as well? Oh, without question. I mean, if, if there's two industries that have some of the most uh, significant impacts from a job end right now, and getting talented, qualified individuals, it's education and healthcare. But I think what's important here on this example is that Regis College is extending and partnering uh, you know, with Lawrence Public Schools to do something that's truly innovative. When you look at what they're doing, this is, this is out of the ordinary. And, and I think it speaks to what Regis is doing within this community uh, to do what's right for the community and to support public education. Uh, which ultimately is the backbone of the economy for the for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So your company, Core Education, uh, is is doing this with other schools around. As I understand it, if I'm wrong, tell me. But is doing this with other um, schools and colleges and universities around the country. Yes, I mean in the healthcare, uh, particularly in the healthcare space, and also in the uh, information technology space, and a whole host of other areas. So, so Dan, what occurs is that. Um, in our work uh, with Regis College, for example, we, we do a labor market analysis. And so we really get deep into the weeds to understand the needs of this region. Obviously, Re Regis itself has an understanding of the needs of the region. But we look at the validating that from a data perspective, looking at what the workforce board, looking at what the economic development, looking at what the chambers of commerce also look at. And then we you know, work with Regis to develop programs that are going to respond to the needs of the healthcare institutions. And I think what's important is, I mean, if you look at just the Boston Globe, if you look at your regional media over the last several months, your hospital leadership, your health system leadership have been calling for these types of programs. In fact, you know, just recently, uh, the, the Massachusetts Hospital Association, their chief innovation officer specifically highlighted that when they polled the nurses 
in Massachusetts, 40% of the nurses said that they were now doing jobs that are the types of jobs that a medical assistant or another allied health professional could do or should do. And that that was actually a reason they were thinking about leaving the profession. And so that's where upskilling comes in. I think as the president mentioned earlier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When President Hayes was talking about it, if you don't have the workforce, your existing workforce has to work harder, but they also have so, to do... So break that down for me. I didn't quite understand what you said. Break it down for me there. The nurses today are being asked to do jobs that are uh, below what they need, to, what, what yeah. they should ordinarily be doing, or they're doing work that they're not being compensated for. What, what's, the, what's the discrepancy? So I never say below, uh, because it, from an equity perspective, that gets dangerous. But, but really, you know, nurses are supposed to operate at their license. Uh, and frankly, a nurse should not have to do the job of what a medical assistant does, and so, uh, or the job of another uh, healthcare professional. So if you take ORs, for example, right now, and you look at what's occurring in an OR, you have situations where actually hospitals within, your, within this region right here are shutting down ORs because they don't have enough workforce, meaning patients aren't actually getting surgeries because they don't have the workforce. Well, the reason is, is if you have so many nurses, but you also have to have nurses cover so many different units to take care of patients, and you don't have those additional support staff that are critical to the whole operation, you can't do it. And so that's what this is talking about, is we've got to build the workforce, but you've got to do it in a scalable online fashion. But I do want to also highlight that, um, just so people in the audience, as people wonder, all these programs are online, they're asynchronous, they're, they're validated by healthcare professionals for healthcare future professionals uh, and current who want to upskill, but they also have to do clinical placements. And so for many of these programs, they're not going to actually get their certification if they don't actually do a placement in a healthcare setting and get validated personally. Yeah, and when I use the word below, that's not intended to diminish any job whatsoever because I've done every job as well. But everybody wants to think, okay, I want to get to the next level. People do think about how do I get above where I am now and how do I make sure that I don't end up doing things that I did 20 years ago. We'll continue to talk about workforce development here at Regis College in West, and we're going to talk about the impact of the Great Resignation. You folks are still in college, okay? There's a lot of people who are out in the workforce, and they have disappeared. And that has contributed to the situation I think we're trying to address this afternoon or this evening. Right here at Regis College in Western Massachusetts. Quick news break. Be back right after this. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's news radio. We are back at... Regis College in Weston, Massachusetts. Weston, the town of Weston. It is not Western Massachusetts. It's Regis College in Weston, Massachusetts. I'm telling you, there's more excitement here than there is at the Chicago Bears Patriots game, which I think they're losing, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry about that. Uh, maybe Mac Jones will show up here. They're winning now. Oh, good. Thank you. Mac, I think Mac got pulled, if I'm not mistaken, is what I heard in my ears. So anyway, but we're talking about workforce development, and we want to go to phone calls. We also invite 
folks in the audience, you know where our folks are. You can ask them to come over to you and you can ask a question. Let's talk about the great resignation. Um, we've heard that phrase. People have theoretically decided to, I don't know if the word disappear is appropriate, but there's a lot of jobs that need to be filled, as you folks have mentioned, good jobs, teaching positions, nursing positions. Um, what's going on? It, was the great resignation something that is actual, actually real, in your opinion, Rich, uh, uh, Jeff? Oh, it's, it's very real. And, and, you know, what's fairly interesting about it, Dan, is that there's been some very interesting uh, data recently that came out that actually suggested that one reason individuals are actually leaving the workplace is that their organizations aren't providing enough upskilling opportunities. Um, and so when you talk about educational opportunities, investing in an employee, uh, this is very real. And so people want to be invested in and they want to know that their employer really cares for them in that way. So, for example, the Lawrence Public Schools committing to this, uh, and you mentioned that it is not something that is going to be financially burdensome. You mentioned that there would be some, some benefits and some, some financial support and an agreement with Regis College. Um, the, the, give me an example, again, without using names. Um, you said that there are uh, uh, participants, uh, paraprofessionals is the word you use. What does that mean? A teaching assistant? Again, I, want, I know we can get all hung up on phraseology here. Yes, paraprofessionals are seen as teaching assistants. Uh, most of them support our, our students who are high needs that need additional support in the classroom. Um, so they, they have already been trained on how to provide individual, individualized or group um, instructional practices. And so what this opportunity for them to be able to become credentialed and licensed also to build their skill development around delivering instructional practices effectively to a classroom size um, is the opportunity that this pipeline program is developing. And this, does this also allow you to retain uh, teachers, uh, you know, who are, who are going to serve these kids? Again, you talk about IEP, Individual mm -hmm. Educational Programs. These are kids who need some students who need some a specific attention. Uh, their learning style might not be the traditional learning style. Uh, and to have, again, these teaching assistants or paraprofessionals better trained, it helps the professionals and it also helps the students and their families. Correct. I mean, it builds their capacity to meet the students' needs. It definitely supports the teacher in the classroom as this person is is getting this on-the-job training. Um, but it also fulfills Lawrence Public Schools' commitment to diversifying the teaching workforce. Given that 60% of our paraprofessionals are teaching assistants, live in Lawrence, and 80% um, identify either racially, culturally, or linguistically the same as the students. And so when we're thinking about... Um, you know, diversification of the workforce or who our workforce is going to be in the future. We want to also expose our students to folks that look like them, that come from their same community and speak their same language that are in these professions because they, we want them to be interested to be educators in the future as well. And I assume that, um, Jeff, as these, uh, again, t focusing on, because uh, we're talking about the Lawrence Public Schools, focusing on teachers uh, they will see this as a career opportunity, which they will be able to, they're not going to be looking at it as a temporary position. This is a 
position, which is going to give them, again, I'm going to say upward mobility. Pardon me for using the word upward, but they are going to be improved not only with their skill set, but they're also going to be improved with the compensation level that, that they receive. So it's a, it's a plus not only for the school system, but it's a plus for these paralegals who are doing great work. As well, it is, and it's also a retention. I mean, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's a significant retention moment. Um, and I think, you know, for the Lawrence Public Schools to be working with, you know, Regis College to do this, it's exactly what higher education was designed for. Okay. Uh, Regis College is demonstrating that higher education can partner with a K through 12 system to retain good qualified individuals who are then going to go on and be the best teachers possible. All right, we've got another phone call here. You, you wanted to say something? I just wanted to add also that those partnerships impact the economic mobility of a community. Oh, um, sure. So, so you're, you're looking at the, the, uh, a megafold of impact uh, across a community um, with long-lasting Yeah, rising results. tide does lift all boats. There's no doubt about Correct. that. Okay, so let's go now to Anna from Weymouth. Anna, welcome to Nightside. We're talking about workforce development. Hi. What's your comment or question? Hi, Anna. Hi, um, I have a comment. Um, I don't think this gets talked enough. I'm a pharmacist, and there's a problem with pharmacies as well. There's a pharmacy manager shortage. I'm not a pharmacy manager, but um, there is a pharmacy manager shortage and a pharmacist shortage because there's not enough pharmacy techs to help, and it's the same issue. There is low pay and low retention when it comes to pharmacy techs. And when there's not enough pharmacy techs, there's not enough help in the pharmacy, especially now with the flu shot and COVID shot season going on. Um, I think it's a, also a shortage in that area of healthcare. Now, let me ask you if I could, Anna, how did you, are you a pharmacy technician? Is that, was that your role? Um, I'm a pharmacist. I was a pharmacy You're manager. A Okay, no, so wait a sec. You're a pharmacist, uh, mm -hmm. but, but uh, not a pharmacy manager. Is, is a pharmacy manager the person who is ultimately responsible for the, for the way the pharmacy is run? For the specific store, yes. Okay, and then okay. there is the pharmacy district leaders or okay, regional so let me, let me, I want to ask you, how, yeah. was it, how long have you been a pharmacist? Seven years. Seven years. And how did you how did you find that um, that that work? How did you get into that work initially? So I went straight from high school into a six year program at Mass College of Pharmacy. Yep, I'm very familiar. Um, it's a great school, by the way. Yes. Yes, but when I went into school, I was not expecting um, the work place to be the way it is when I graduated, especially since I work in retail. Okay, so give us mm -hmm. a real quick example, and I know you've expressed it once, but I want both of my panelists to respond. From, from your perspective as a pharmacist, what is the problem that needs to be addressed? There is not enough help inside the pharmacy. Um, there will be a line of patients waiting to pick up prescriptions, a line of patients waiting to get a flu or COVID vaccine, and there's just not enough help um, because a pharmacist can't be in two places at once. Well, so, well, I just want to say thank you for raising be, the issue yeah. of, 
of pharmacists because I have been in that line <laughs> waiting. <laughs> yeah. waiting as probably everybody in this audience has been as well. So thank you for mentioning mm -hmm. that. Uh, let me get um, Jeff uh, to respond first and then uh, uh, Maricel Sale uh, will respond as well. Jeff? Yeah, well, let me just thank you first for, for the work that you do as a pharmacist. Um, you know, I think uh, throughout the pandemic, we learned how vital pharmacists are. Uh, obviously, you always have been, but we've, we have heightened awareness of, of that. But, but this is exactly why Regis College is doing this. Um, you know, PharmTech is one of the programs. Uh, it's a phenomenal program. It does sit for the national certification. Uh, Regis College, you know, this program, the, the PharmTech program particularly, uh, could fit in, in a retail pharmacy uh, situation, but it can also fit in acute care and post-acute. Uh, we have pharmacists in all aspects of the healthcare ecosystem. Um, and I think, you know, without question, our pharmacists are a lifeline and lifeblood of the healthcare system. And so are our farm techs. And so we've got to increase the pipeline of pharmacy technicians. And that's why Regis College is doing this initiative. Marisale? Yeah, she mentions uh, quite the, the challenge. And it's how to be creative with an, increasing your farm techs and seeing a lifelong career in pharmacy with uh, opportunities to be retained and upscaling your skills in order for you to be um, an added benefit to that specific career. And I just want to ask you one question. How much more difficult has your life as a pharmacist become um, with COVID and post-COVID? Um, I am trying to do three people's job as one person right now, basically, because there's the pickup line, there's the drive-through line, there is the vaccine line, then there's the five phone calls on hold that I can't get to. <laughs> so you're being pulled in, in just too many directions. Don't tell me who mm -hmm. you work for, but do you work for a big chain or do you work for... Yes. A big, a big chain. All right. Well, yep. that's okay. We we kind of can narrow it down to two or three, but I don't want you. I don't want yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you get you get that. Yeah. I'm sure you can figure out which which of the few there are. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for listening to Nightside, and thank you for raising this question because we have been focusing on um, teachers and uh, and people in the nursing field. And you're absolutely correct. Anyone who's been to a pharmacy lately, very rarely do you walk in and be waited on immediately. And uh, thank you for what you do. And uh, <laughs> thanks for calling tonight. I appreciate it, okay? Thank you. Keep listening to Nightside. Thanks so much, Anna. Okay, all right. We're going to take a very quick break. If you'd like to join the conversation, ask a question about where, you, where you're working and how this program might apply to you, as Anna just did, 617-254-1030, and 617-931-1030. And if anyone in, the stu in our studio audience here wants to make a comment or ask a question, feel free during the break to let someone know, let uh, Marissa or let Courtney know, and we'll get you on as well. My name's Dan Ray. This is Nightside. We're doing Talk the Vote live tonight from Regis College in the town of Weston, Massachusetts. We'll be back right after these messages. We are back. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. We're doing Talk the Vote at Regis College in Weston, Massachusetts, and let's get to one phone caller. Uh, who I think is Lois in Holliston, if I'm not mistaken. And we got a bunch of questions from the audience. Lois in Holliston, we'll get you on quickly. Go right ahead. Hi, I'm, 
was just about to call and say the same thing that Anna said when she called. Um, but the difference is I'm a hospital-based pharmacist, and I've been a pharmacist for um, 40 years, actually. And I've never seen the technician shortage as bad as it is now. It's not something that you can attribute to COVID because it was happening before COVID. It made everything worse. And the previous caller... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes? Go, go, no, go right ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I'm just going to say thank you for calling no, in. No, that's okay. Fin- finish your point. I didn't mean to step on it. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. I was just going to say what the previous caller was talking about. Um, you know, there's a lot of terminology in my profession um, related to practicing at the top of your license. Um, and I would never think after all these years in pharmacy that I'm too good or too important to do the work that a tech does. But the problem is that because of licensing and training and credentialing, there are things I do that a tech can't do. So if I'm tied up delivering an IV to a patient care unit or um, doing a task that a tech would normally be doing, then that means there are things that I can't do that I should be doing, you know, like reviewing a patient's medications or assisting a physician with drug dosing or something like that. All great points. Lois, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in tonight. I got some questions in the studio audience we want to try to get to as well. Thank you. You Very important phone call, Lois. Appreciate it very much. Let's go to Courtney, who I think has a questioner for us. What's your name? Where are you from? Um, I'm Anna Grace. I'm from Sudbury, and I'm a sophomore nursing major here at Regis. And sure. my question is, what advice do you have for new nurses to help address nursing fatigue due to the workplace sh- workforce shortage you've noticed? All right, Jeff, why don't we take that, okay? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, let me just say this. Uh, in nursing, there's a couple things that we have to do, one of which is we have to really embed mentorship. Uh, particularly in our healthcare system, so that as a young nurse comes into into healthcare, they have a, a defined mentor who actually knows how to mentor. Um, because oftentimes we'll put a preceptor with a, with a student uh, or a new nurse um, who may not actually be the best person to actually do that support role. Uh, the second thing is we've got to address culture. Uh, we can't sit here with the elephant in the room in healthcare and not also address culture. Um, and so people want to work in a healthy work life balance that that treats them for who they are. And one of the things that I'm a big uh, proponent on, and, and my mom is a nurse, and my mom always talked to me about this too, and then as a hospital administrator, I saw this, is we gotta debrief more. We've gotta give our nurses and our healthcare professionals the opportunity to talk about the challenges that they face in the work that they do. We've gotta support them, lift them up, and do everything we can to help them be successful, because that's why they came, they're there to serve. Thank you for that question. Let's get over here. Marissa, you have someone, I believe. Yes. Go right ahead, what's your name? Tell us what your question is. Hi, I'm Rosa Martinez. I am a grad student here at Regis studying special education. I'm actually in a um, couple classes with a lot of Lawrence uh, teachers. I love them. They're all phenomenal. Um, so my question is, um, what can schools do to encourage their teaching assistants to further their education so they can 
fulfill those open teaching positions? Good question. Excellent question. So what schools can do is, if they already have a bachelor's degree, encourage them to apply for emergency license. Encourage your school districts to partner with area colleges and universities that have programs and start, you know, take a page out of Regis and Lawrence Public Schools book, create a memorandum that would support in increasing students to be registered at Regis College, increase their employees to be able to get credentialed and have really good learning experiences to bring back to the school district. Thank you for that question. Let's go to Courtney with one more question. Sir? How's it going? My name is Brian D'Souza. I'm from Everett, Massachusetts. I'm a sophomore here, a nursing major, English minor, and hopes to go into psychiatry nursing one day. And my question was actually for Jeff. You spoke earlier about um, efforts to diversify the workplace and more equitable uh, programs. My question was, how would workforce development act as an agent of change? Like, what are some specific programs that can come into play? Sure. Well, one of the most exciting things about particularly uh, the programs that Regis is launching, and first of all, let me thank you for being a, a male that's going into nursing because uh, obviously we, we need more uh, diversity across the board. And, um, you know, I think it, what's critical about these programs is that you have an opportunity to truly get into the communities to really reach individuals at a working adults level or even before to bring them into a healthcare journey of a career. And we can start them, you know, in these types of allied health positions, but also other support professional positions that could really become the lifeblood. And, you know, I was with a, a, a CEO recently, and one of the things the CEO of the hospital said to me was, she said, you know, I started as a housekeeper. And I said, that's the story people need to hear. You don't just start here and get there. You start and work your way. And so, you know, that's a powerful story. But the other thing I want to highlight is that these programs are actually programs that across the nation we actually see embedded into the curriculum in high schools uh, through, dual, through dual enrollment. So we have an opportunity to also get people in earlier, get them credentialed, get them certified, get them into the workforce, and allow them to do what they want to do, which is to serve our patients. And so I want to applaud Regis for having a phenomenal nursing program and applaud all of you for, for going into nursing. All right, we have one more question, I believe. Marissa, who would this be? Hi, uh, I'm Tim O'Brien. I'm a senior neuroscience major here, and I'm the student government president here at Regis. Um, All right. I just had a quick question. We have two presidents, President Hayes and President President Yu. So it's great. Um, I had a quick question. I was wondering, what are some of your recommendations for government officials at all levels, whether it's like federal, local, or state, um, to really improve workforce development initiatives across the board? I would say invest in workforce um, investment boards that are across, well, specifically in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, you have these regional employment boards. Really invest in uh, uh, catapulting or encouraging these K-12 and university partnerships in order to really meet the demands of the workforce. We have another question. Courtney, Courtney's over here. Go right ahead. What's your name? And uh, tell us your association and what's your question? Hi, my name is Amber. I'm a freshman in early childhood education. And my question is, I understand that there is a teacher shortage now, but what would the outlook look like in four to 10 years from now? And will there be enough positions in the future? That's an excellent question. So what the pandemic brought to us is a lot of closeness time. And during that closeness time, we saw some divorces and we saw many people expand their families. So guaranteed, there will be opportunities for early childhood education teachers. We see the preschool rates now in Lawrence Public Schools have doubled, um, and it's going to continue to grow as many people. The pandemic has put perspective on life, 
and what's really important to people. And many folks have seen the importance of family and time with family. And so best believe that we will have young children who will be your future students. This is great. I learned about upskilling and now upskilling, and now I've learned about closeness time. I've never heard that phrase before. That, that's a very interesting euphemism, uh, interesting phrase. Well, I want to thank... Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I want to thank Marie Sale uh, uh, Gorse, uh, the Assistant Superintendent of Lawrence Public Schools, and also Jeff Roach, Jeffrey Roach, the Senior Vice President of National Healthcare Practice and Workforce Partnerships at Core Education Services. This was a really interesting discussion. Uh, really good questions from the audience and from the callers and really good answers from the panelists. So both thank both of you. I also want to thank um, Liz Speakman and uh, Charlie Chippio, uh, who debated the millionaire's tax uh, during our first hour. And I want to thank all of you in the audience who were able to stay here with us, even though there was a football game somewhere tonight, somewhere in New England. I'm not sure who's playing, not even sure who's winning. But what we discussed tonight is going to be of much more importance to all of you than the result of any football game. So I want to thank you, and let's hear one more round of applause for Regis College and our panelists, Dan Ray for Nightside. My good friend Jordan Rich will continue with Nightside right after the 10 o'clock news. I want to thank Marita, our producer, Brian and John, Adam, the entire staff here. All of you have, help, have helped us tonight. And I'll be back tomorrow night at 8 o'clock for a more traditional four-hour version of Nightside beginning at 8 o'clock. If you missed any of this, you can go to Nightside on Demand sometime tomorrow, midday, and you can listen to what we've just talked about for these past two hours. Again, thanks to everyone at Regis College in Western Massachusetts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 